bees in his library. Confound it, madam, my language is most controlled. I say we take off and nuke the entire scythe for It's the only way to be sure. In a thousand years, Gandahar was destroyed. A thousand years ago, Gandahar will be saved. The spice extends life. Silent breed is people! Welcome, listener, to Star Crashed. We discuss genre movies released before the year 2000, and in this episode we'll discuss The Matrix, a science fiction action movie from 1999. And there will be spoilers, just putting it out there right now. <laughs> my name is Eva. And my name is Linnea. So, Linnea, how are you doing? Let's begin there. <laughs> Uh, I'm doing well, thank you. Um, I'm uh, excited for our discussion of this film. It's uh, one that I hadn't watched in quite a while, so it was uh, a rediscovery in in a way for me, uh, this one. Um, But it's, yeah, I think there's a lot lot to talk about about this film. (laughs) So it's gonna gonna be interesting to see where we get with it. Um, But otherwise, you know, it's the summer now it's warm i hate the warmth but uh, i'm 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 sticking through it i'm i'm managing <laughs> yeah uh you know considering it's it being very warm and everything i think we we had a rather cold uh spring i feel like yeah it yeah. was kind of kind of all over the place one or few days here and there that were warm and nice but generally i feel like we went from coats to blistering summer heat and I am exaggerating <laughs> extremely here I know that but yeah that it's that's sort of the feeling like you're going from oh kind of cold and then oh shorts short time <laughs> shorts okay well but to be honest you know I'm someone I'm very um uh how should I say uh resistant to the cold um I don't feel ah. it as much as other people nice um People often remark that, oh, you're, you're wearing this now? It's rather cold. And I'm just like, no, it's very comfortable outside. <laughs> so I actually liked the spring we had. A little bit too much rain, maybe, uh, but the temperature was nice. It's the kind of temperature where I, I can go out in, in sandals uh, without mm. problem. Uh, but uh, now we're getting above 20 degrees Celsius, and then it's much too warm for me. I hate it. It's sweaty. I don't like being sweaty but I do no. I do like being warm though and like sitting in the sun with an ice cream uh I I, I I'm happy <laughs> in that moment I'm very happy so I am quite excited about like the sun and everything being here and yeah yeah it is looking like it won't be quite as warm a summer as we had last year because last year was insufferable um yes. Yes. I hated it. We had over 30 degrees Celsius for like extended periods of times. Yes. And I was dying of that bloody heat. <laughs> you know what? I'm so grateful because our apartment like inside is quite cool comparing to the one that we lived in uh, in um, your area, <laughs> mm-hmm. actually. 
that was it felt like being in in a sauna almost like it was very warm because of the window i think there was something with the windows and they they were large but they weren't maybe they weren't quite as modern maybe i don't know but but it was mm. very warm uh, comparing to here we're like yeah it still gets warm but it's not it doesn't feel like you're the the chicken in a barbecue situation so mm. you know i'm very grateful for that <laughs> But yeah, uh, I have uh, I have some strawberries. Like I bought a strawberry plant um, a few weeks ago, oh, and I nice. just yesterday put it in a little, you know, one of those pots that you can hang on your balcony um, arm. I don't know bal- balcony. Yeah, you can hang it on your balcony. And I am so hoping. I like. I'm, I'm thinking like the more I stare at it, the faster the strawberries will appear. <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm eyeing it right now. I'm like, who produce strawberries? right now okay so hopeful for that (laughs) but yeah that is not what we're talking about we are of course talking about the matrix and yeah i am also excited about uh this film it was one of those that i watched a couple of times in my teenager and i was like well so awesome and and i just thought it was so inventive and looking at it now i am so hyped to talk about it with you and um (laughs) Also, since it's been a few years, just like you said, like it's been a few years since I saw it last. So my eyes were fresh, I feel like, watching it. Yeah. Um, so do we, let's start with a rundown of what it was about, plot-wise. You are always the better one at this. Do you feel like <laughs> getting the ball rolling? And <laughs> I always do this to you, but... <laughs> That's the that's the pro or like the, the pro of, of being the one who introduces the podcast. Can I can just throw this task at you and be like, here, Linnea. Um, well, I haven't prepared a summary, but I will do my best to, to describe it. Um, so in the beginning of the film, we are introduced to a character called uh, Thomas Anderson, played by Keanu Reeves. And um, he is disillusioned with the world in a way he feels like there is something more something maybe missing that he can't quite find um, but he is um, eventually uh, he, he gets a visit from a woman named Trinity and she sort of hints that uh, you know there's more going on than you know mm. um, and he's also contacted by a man named Morpheus yes. uh, and what these people reveal to um Anderson, Mr. Anderson, is that he is in a simulation. He's in the Matrix. And the world is obviously not as he thinks it is. Um, And they... uh, Well, there's a lot going on. You know, he starts getting hunted by these um, agents that uh, don't want the news of the Matrix to get out. Um, But eventually they manage to wake him up from it. And... um, yeah, he has a very big revelation of, oh, the, my, I'm not actually living in 1999. I'm yeah. in the future somewhere where machines are using uh, humans in pods as sources of energy. And, mm. uh, you know, everything is a lie, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Uh, and Morpheus believes that uh, uh, Mr. Anderson, or Neo, as he, as he goes by uh, for the most of the movie, is the one... The one that has control over the Matrix in, in a unique way and who can sort of bring down the, 
the machine overlords, so to speak. Um, and that's uh, that's uh, the, the core premise. Um, yeah. But interspersed with that, there's a lot of philosophical uh, ponderings on reality and simulation, etc. And um, I imagine we're going to get into some of that, but there's a lot in the movie to analyze. Yes. So we're probably not going to cover all of no. it, I imagine. <laughs> I feel like you could do like a three-parter almost. And uh, oh, yes. we're not oh, here yes. for that. We're here for <laughs> <laughs> the general overlay. But uh, yeah, I don't know if you mentioned this, but also um, it, it's it's way in the future. Mm. Uh, yeah, I didn't specify, mentioned. but... Yeah, but, yeah, but like... it, it's, it's so way in the future. And the people have been so uh, sort of disconnected from, from reality and actu- the actual time that they, they're not even sure like when this is. I think they say like this... It might be 2899, but it's like they pretty much say that it's a guess even. So I Mm. do like that the movie doesn't even say like when is the future (laughs) because it's so it's so muddled and everything is just so dystopian on that level, which I really Mm. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so Neo is basically a Jesus Christ in in training, and he is struggling with his sort of place of being the one who is supposed to save mankind, humankind, and sort of wake people up. And it is kind of tricky for me to separate this movie and just look at this movie and not to sort of have my mind steer to the two follow-ups. Ah, uh, mm. A little bit because I, I I'm not I can't, I can't say that I remember those two in detail that much, but but certain things that happen I do remember. But I am trying to really like put this in a mindset of this is this is one movie and it came out and let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, which, I will. Yeah, yeah I, I have a confession to make here. Um, ah. I have seen Matrix Two once on television. I don't remember anything of it, except I think there was a sex scene in it or something. Uh, I have never, as far as I remember, watched Matrix 3. I don't think. Interesting. Well, Or if I I did, Matrix 2 and 3 just melted together in my mind and I can't differentiate the two. So I I have no memory whatsoever of how this all ends in in the third one. No idea. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, I I understand why they sort of possibly might have just melted together they are kind of like that in my head as well to be honest and I think that happens a lot with with movies in general where you make one excellent movie that can actually stand on its own Uh, but of course there's an opening for more movies but you could just watch the matrix I feel like and be satisfied you don't need to watch I, I feel like the point might even get even more muddled by looking at the other ones but at the same time, it's been so long, so I feel like there could probably be interesting conversations in those moves as well. So I don't know. I don't want to be too uh, boxed in there with my opinion, mm, really. Mm. But yeah. uh, so, you know, considering that you haven't seen or might have seen the two other ones. <laughs> don't know <laughs> if I have seen. <laughs> Asterix, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, how do you feel about... There, there is like a fourth coming out. We, I don't know when. I know they've recorded most of it, but I don't know when it's released. So, how are you gonna watch the other ones in preparation for that one, or do you feel yeah, like? Yeah, um, 
I, I have the whole trilogy and Animatrix in a DVD box set. Mm. Uh, and now that we have seen the first one for it, <laughs> the podcast, I'm yeah. probably just going to continue and watch for all of it again. Yeah. Uh, or, or watch the rest of them. Um, so yeah, I'm probably going to, gonna at least the core trilogy, I'm going to yeah. see uh, pretty, pretty soon. Um, the fourth one, uh, I don't know when it's coming out. Um, and I know very little details about it. But Same. I did hear in a YouTube video that I watched... Um, prior to doing this podcast, someone mentioning that it was going to be Morpheus's background, uh, like his origin story, so to speak, hmm. uh, which kind of makes sense uh, because I don't know. As I understand it, it would be difficult to continue after the trilogy, so you'd you'd had <laughs> you would need either a prequel or or a sidequel um, to maybe add to the lore so to speak um and if if it is in fact a story about morpheus uh which i can't confirm but based on what i've heard it is um it will also be a movie starring a young black actor in the lead role and you know i approve of that so uh, i think it has potential it has potential yeah um i am quite ambivalent to the whole thing i feel like uh i mean it's 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 fun to see where, where it sort of goes and what happens in it. But I, I, I mean, I have an image in my head where um, Keanu Reeves, and now I can't remember the actresses who plays Trinity, her name. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss. Thank you. So both of them in one of those, like, um, you know, re- when they were recording for a scene or something. So I think they appear, yeah, but possibly. how yeah. they... Yeah, we're not going to talk about that situation, but no. how they're going to make it work <laughs> is interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah. But, but... Neither, neither of us know enough about Matrix Four to really speculate. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we, not. we need to we need I... to look up more info on that one. I we'll think. we'll <laughs> drive on on a new road here and get back to <laughs> to the to the one we actually have seen recently and want to talk about. Uh, yeah, so. What are like? What are some things that you like about Matrix? Like, what 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 struck struck you as the most interesting thing, perhaps? Well, um, I I wrote a a review for this on Letterboxd, and I sort of started the review by saying that this is not a favorite movie of mine, and it probably never will be. Like, I don't I like it, I greatly admire it, but. I don't love it. Um, but I will say that one of the things that really sticks out to me is how this managed to be style and substance at the same time. Um, you yes. know, it's the whole, you know, that they, they dare go so deep with the philosophical subjects in the film is very, very impressive. At the same time as they are being also a huge action film innovator. In, mm. in what they're doing and, and just balancing those two things so very well. Um, you know, it, it sets... It, I don't know, it's it reinvented its own medium in a way when it came out, you know. So many mm. of the modern science fiction and, and action films that we get stems from this in one way or another because of what this dared to do 
uh, both in terms of, like I said, the action and the visual style of it, but yeah. also the more uh, sort of deepest subjects that that it touched upon. So, you know, I I, I have great admiration for the film. Yeah, no, it's interesting because uh, I, I I think you you summarized the way I feel too very well in that it's you know style and substance in one package. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also think it's really interesting to like when you put this in a sort of science fiction film timeline or, or like I should say um, popular science fiction film t- timeline. <laughs> like it fits so nicely in there. You can sort of see where the branches from that film would go but also like what that film stems from like a movie classic movie like alien for example i can see i can see that red line between alien and this one and others that i just can't remember can't um recall right now but it's so it's interesting like how it just fits so well in there and like how other movies then are sort of trying to do what matrix did (laughs) Mm-hmm. when it comes to action scenes and when it comes to special effects and certain types of storytelling things i i think also uh so it's good to bring that up like just how one can appreciate it for what it is so linea how do you feel about the concept of the matrix and how they are dealing with it and portraying it you mean like um the philosophical Yes. Aspects, philosophical references that is in the <laughs> film. Um, well, I'm, I'm someone who... I don't have a background in that. You know, as I mentioned previously on, on, on um, the podcast, I'm an engineer. Um, I haven't really studied philosophy deeply. Uh, I find it an interesting subject, but it's just something that I struggle with. Um, my my mind is not made for philosophy, uh, regardless of how interesting I find it. Um, so for me, it's a lot of just, you know, some other people might watch this and go, oh, this is obviously a deconstruction of blah, blah, blah. And mm. I'm just sort of going there, like, I see there's an idea in here that you're exploring. I don't get it. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, 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 I do sort of get it. I, there's a lot of... Um, it, 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 this movie, it tries to do a lot with yes. its philosophy. <laughs> and it's a little bit overwhelming sometimes. But there is so much you can read into it. There's so much you can analyze about it. And I I really do like that. I mean, I it stimulates me in sort of the same way that I think Dead Man stimulated me. In that mm. I see there's so many interpretations of this and I like it. I I like to think about the different interpretations. Um, And I think in a way, this movie almost taught an entire generation of, you know, budding uh, movie fans how to maybe analyze and dissect a film on more than a surface Mm. level. And I, I, you know, I greatly appreciate it for that. Um, But that said, you know, there is a lot of references like in the beginning Neo holds up a book that is I think it's called the simulation and the simulacra which is like a philosophical philosophical story which I really only have rudimentary knowledge of Uh, but that's the kind of thing that I'm just like okay okay I see it now I want to know more about it (laughs) 
<laughs> but exactly. I don't I don't know it at the point in the film where I'm watching it. But I, I, I see it and mm, yes, it is. Same here. I, it is I, so deliciously in there. I'm just like, I, I'm going to yeah. dig it deeper into this. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like it's it's a more visible, like Matrix has m- more visible Easter eggs, one could almost say, than mm. some other films. Uh, so those references are absolutely there if like either 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 if you uh, know know them before or if, if it makes you want to look into that more and it sort mm. of just makes you think about things like it's not I, I, one issue perhaps that I could see with this movie like in regards to to the whole attempt you know and 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 the whole, all of these philosophical things that it throws out is that it's it's a little bit too fast paced perhaps for those things sometimes um for example you have you have this scene where he visits um an oracle and the oracle is mm. more of like one an original program if uh, if i remember correctly however they whatever they called her mm. <laughs> uh but she's been a long been been there in the matrix for a long time and she knows so much more than we um understand mm, mm. And, uh, yeah so yeah. so that's one thing you know the oracle which i take to be sort of a reference to the oracle of delphi and maybe the story yes. of socrates and the oracle um but then mixed in with that you have like i said simulation and simulacra mm. which has to do with as i understand it you know when does a simulation of reality becoming distinguishing, indistinguishable from reality and sort of what's the consequence of that. And then you also have, like, uh, René Descartes, I think, who talks about how the senses distort the truth. And, you know, the whole scene in, in the dojo when Morpheus yeah. says to Neo... You think that's air you're breathing, and you know that's mm-hmm. sort of whole thing. Like, oh, you know, nothing is uh, as I perceive it to be because exactly. my senses is faulty and everything. And like um, the spoon scene, like you're not bending, you're not bending an object, you're bending no, exactly, yourself. Exactly. In, you know, so it's like perceptions and things like yeah, that. And yeah. Honestly, um, I should I should be better at this stuff because I took one course of uh, <laughs> ide- <laughs> ideas and learn. I have no idea. Something kind of philosophical, like ideas from antique. But y'all, that was so long ago. I remember <laughs> nothing. Yeah. I remember a cave and figures. I think in English the subject is termed the history of ideas. Uh, is Thank that, you. Uh, what I think. It, yeah. Sounds yeah. sounds appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but uh, what I was getting to is that um, there's also I think a philosopher called. Berkeley, I want to say, John Berkeley, James Berkeley, or something, um, who talks about how the things around us, you know, there's no matter, there's only ideas, and it's the mind that makes it real, and mm. things like that. Um, and there's also like some some Kant in the movie, and there's just so much. And I, I part of me likes that they are trying to cram so much in it, but part of me is sort of like, maybe it's a little. A little bit too much, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and that's, maybe that's the thing. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Uh, like the the room to breathe a little bit, mm. uh, and just like just just give the viewer perhaps something more at certain times, uh, because now all of these things are getting almost equal amounts of importance. Mm. 
which is a good and a bad thing. So, yeah, it's almost like you're getting all these references, like it's an essay paper, but you don't need to do that all the time. You can, mm. I don't know, I don't know. This yeah, but, is pretty but much then the it's... only roast I'm going to give Matrix, <laughs> and it's not pretty bad, so I mean... It's... <laughs> <laughs> but But then at the same time, this is what made the Matrix yes, so I big. Know. It's, it's, it's so what hard. made the Matrix what it is. So yeah. I kind of feel bad for criticizing it for that. But then at the same time, right. I'm just like, maybe maybe dial it back just a little bit so that we can really stew on the ideas a little bit more, maybe. Because then if we don't just talk about like the references to, to actual philosophers, there's also a religious... Reading mm. that you can do. I, yes. I saw someone uh, discussing how they interpreted, like the whole Garden of Eden scenario was in the film. Mm. This this guy interpreted, you know, Trinity was Eve, Neo was Adam, Morpheus was the snake, and Eve uh, lured Adam into talking to the snake, and the snake offered the apple, which was the red pill, leading to knowledge, but also like. Uh, um, a loss of that perfect world in a way so there's that that you can see in mm. the film and I then there's also... i agree with that but it's, it's <laughs> fair but i i don't okay yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean I, I'm, I'm not saying that i made that reading into the film no I'm no no, no, no some people have uh, and they may be right for all i know uh, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> we have established i know nothing so it's <laughs> exactly i mean that's also kind of uh, a point of the film you know know thyself be aware of your own ignorance um mm. is, is kind of also a theme there um <laughs> but then there's also and this was not maybe a reading well so, some people i think made this reading at the time of the release but it sort of gained more context since and that's the reading of it as a trans narrative um which i never picked up on the first time i watched the film but now that i saw it i was just like it is kind of obvious, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I seen that so, one point. I saw that like float floating in the in the corner of my eye, but I didn't really pay much attention to it. So, could you could you go through like what that what that entails, basically? Well, I think the most well to me anyway, and obviously I'm I'm a cisgender person, so I'm not the best on picking up on these things. But to me, the most obvious thing is that. The whole film is about Thomas Anderson transitioning into Neo, transitioning into the one. Um, you know, in in the end, he only gains control and understanding of his world mm. by becoming the one, by changing from who he was. Um, mm. And we have Agent Smith, who is essentially dead naming Neo by calling him Thomas Anderson. Oh, that's Mr. true. Anderson. Yes, I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And I, I also, uh, I also heard a story of, oh, I don't know which one of them. I think is it Lana Wachowski who transitioned first? Or yes. Was it Lily? Yeah. Lana so is the I've, one with the pink dreads. Yeah. Yeah. So I that's think the image it, I have in my head. <laughs> Maybe she so I believe this is the story about her, and and there's. Trigger warning here, talk about suicide coming up, just so you know. Um, she was talking about um, how she had been standing at the train platform one time and sort of considering killing herself because of these 
dysphoria feelings that mm. she had. Um, and that's played into the scene in the end when there is they are at the subway station uh, and, and Neo is becoming the one at that point, essentially. Yeah. Um, so there, there, there is, I think... There is a lot of that in the film, um, probably more than than we are picking up on because yeah, we, that's it's interesting. not for us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely no, and and if there is also like, um, like you said, like her telling a story of a certain moment in her life and that influencing the movie, then that gives it also a more uh, cr- credit almost to that to that theory. So I I think mm. that's really interesting, and I will I will ponder on that after this one. I think yeah, um, and also there was one. There is the scene where Morpheus is going to give Neo the pills, and Morpheus says something, and I'm paraphrasing from memory here now, but something like, "You've known it your whole life. There is something wrong with the world," or or something like mm. that. And I mm. take that to sort of mean that. You've known your whole wa- life that you are not what you're supposed to be. Yeah. But <laughs> you know you may be struggling with understanding yeah. what it is. Precisely, um, and here, here is a possible way for acceptance. Mm. Yeah. Oh, the shit people go through, right? Because the world is yeah. not very nice to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. An interesting part to add to that also, because I I watched um, a documentary about the making of this film uh, called The Matrix Revisited, um, which Mm. was on the the DVD edition that I have. (laughs) And uh, Keanu Reeves mentioned in in an interview in that that he actually had to read, I think, three or four books before being allowed to open the script. (laughs) Oh, my God. So it was... uh, So extra. I think uh, it was... uh, Maybe a book by by, it wasn't Berkeley. It was another philosopher, but but there were books that were that made to make him understand the script sort of before going in. So I, that was that's kind of a fun fun thing there that they required him to read these books, do you your homework. I and then... I appreciate that. I appreciate the director's uh, director. I think one is the is the director, right? I think. Oh. No, both of them might have directed. But anyways. Yeah. But I, I, I love that, that, they, that the directors are like, we take this serious. <laughs> we need you to do this. And that he, that, and that he is like, yes, I will do it. Yeah, and the way, the, he spoke, no, yeah the, way he, the way he spoke of it afterwards, you know, the ideas that he had gotten from these books and then the, the ideas he had of Neo as a character, you know, he felt very passionate about it. And oh, I, fe- I, I felt like Keanu Reeves understood Neo uh, in in a a quite a deep way which is what actors should do with the characters really Um, absolutely and I I I guess that I I bet that also makes you appreciate the work you have done Mm. and the the effort you have put into that character and also like the result overall like it would just make so much more sense to you and be something you are proud of so you know I'm I'm happy for for them and that process I think that's speaks of quality Mm. honestly Mm. Yeah, and, and uh, Keanu Reeves seemed very dedicated to the role in other ways as well. So the the documentary goes uh, quite a bit into um, how they trained for the fighting scenes because oh, cool. they had brought in, uh, or the, the creative team had brought in people from Hong Kong that were going to train them in the whole kung fu 
choreography and how that worked. Uh, and they actually had an interview with uh, the choreographer there and he was just like uh, oh you know they gave me four months but I thought it would take two months but then I saw that the actors can't kick or anything so it, it was going to take a lot of time to train them <laughs> he was like give me a year <laughs> uh, uh, but then I have seen I have seen people criticize Keanu Reeves uh portrayal in the film uh, or or the way he does kung fu in the film among other things uh, and saying that it's uh, it's bad or it's not fluid enough but the thing is if you watch the documentary you learn that he actually had uh, problems with his neck he had had an operation on his neck prior to making the film and and he was oh. very limited in movement for a, an extended period of time um, and he actually said that he doesn't do a lot of kicks in the film for that reason because he just couldn't <laughs> um <laughs> i mean come on I, it looks fine to me i, could... I know <sighs> i know and the thing is the thing is oh, and this is a problem i have with a lot of people who, who criticize things and i'm gonna <laughs> take a dump on some people here oh, but oh <laughs> Sharpen your blades, people. <laughs> when when you criticize something in a film and say that, oh, it looks bad or it doesn't look realistic enough, you're watching it as if it is reality. But yes. every movie is a simulation in some way. And really the only thing it needs to convince you of is that the thing you're, you're talking about is realistic within the movie universe. And the movie establishes that Oh, Neo is really good at Kung Fu, and that's all it needs yes. to establish, because then we believe that, oh, in this universe, he's really good at Kung Fu. And it doesn't exactly. matter how good he is in reality at Kung Fu, it's irrelevant. <laughs> exactly. I like you, you, you can't have the same measurements in reality as in film. Mm. Like, in certain times, you, you kind of need that, but, but, but like, whether or not... Keanu Reeves' Kung Fu is, is masterful or not is, is not an issue. It looks like he could kick anybody's butt. And that's mm. all that matters. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, I'm not a Kung Fu practitioner. I'm not a Kung Fu nerd. So perhaps... No, no, I'll stop there. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Was there anything else in that documentary? It sounds, it sounds like a fun documentary. Anything else that you... Uh... We're kind of like... Well, yeah, there was uh, one uh, thing they pointed out, which <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I didn't notice in the film, but oh, uh, there is a scene when they're in a car. I think Trinity and, and a few of the uh, other yeah. team members have picked up Neo and they're in a car and they're in the Matrix, the, the simulated world, so to speak. And the creators thought that doing it digitally or doing it like real like driving a car really down the street would look too realistic so they what? actually did real projection of the background in the car they sort of went like Wait. oh you know sort of like hitchcock did it in the 50s we're gonna do that because <laughs> they want they wanted it to look slightly off, off. yeah yeah because this was the matrix it's a, it's a simulation so they used real oh, projection wow. <laughs> Which I think is... I sort of picked up upon subconsciously, but I, it wasn't until they pointed it out that I was like, oh, okay, I see it now. <laughs> but that is, that's interesting. And I think, because it is kind of funny how The Matrix 
it looks a certain way. Like it is modern times, like it looks like the late 90s, but it is a different version of it. Like mm. the colors are kind of muted in a different way. And it's just, there is, there is a style to the Matrix, which does make it stand out. Um, and there are probably more of that kind of things that they did. Uh, they might have just like enhanced a few things even, which might not be that important to us. Like, why would they? But mm. it, it does it does give it that sort of sense of of off. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. is that is super interesting. <laughs> cool. And you know, it's funny because okay, we're we're not gonna talk about the later films, but I I don't remember if if, if it's the second one or the third one, but there is this mocked scene where you have so many agents in one scene and they are very very cgi and keanu reeves is also very very cgi and it doesn't look very good but you could also then argue that it's it doesn't matter because it's not real Mm. in movie real life so to speak Mm. so it doesn't need to it can look plastic and it's fine (laughs) because it's gone beyond what the computer maybe let's say it's computer like what it can handle so yeah yeah. With this amount, it will look plastic. Like it can't help <laughs> itself. So that's um, uh, yeah. I mean, I remember when this first came out. What a revelation it was in terms of special effect. I mean, this was top notch in the whole bullet time action scene, which was very innovative. They, they weren't mm. necessarily the very first to do it, but they no. were the first to do it really, really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and rewatching it today. You know, more than twenty years later, um, I can sort of see that yeah, the special effects are lo- looking a little bit rough around the edges. But like you said, it doesn't really matter. Um, and I watched it on DVD. I imagine if you watch it on Blu-ray, it's probably gonna be even more noticeable. Yeah. But it it, it works. It builds into the whole theme of the film. So you know, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, honestly, to me, it it looks it looks great. And yeah. I mean, every era will always have those little marks and things that give it away as being of a certain time. And I just think we have to be a little bit forgiving of that fact because it will always be like that. Uh, we can't judge something from the 70s from something from the 20s, the 2020s, I should add. <laughs> we just can't. But we can, like, in the same era, sort of be like, well, that can they certainly didn't spend any money on that or they certainly didn't even try on that like we can do that but but to me it looks it looks great and i i believed all of it and um and you know just if we're gonna slightly just talk about the actors in it but you talked about keanu reeves and all the effort that, that he put into it well reading effort um <laughs> i also really enjoy all of the acting and the actors the, the choice of actors and their their performances i think is is fantastic however and this is just a small minor tiny critique or just something maybe that i want to think like see if you feel the same way about but uh so there is one person i can't remember the name but he he goes full judas on on Mm. neo cypher (laughs) cypher cypher yeah he he um because he is so sick of of living in the real life and and the hardships and and loss of dreams and everything that that means he's sort of done made a deal with the devil and is gonna sell out morpheus uh not possibly neo but at least sell out morpheus to to the evil machines and that character 
I mean, you can almost instantly tell that something is, something's up. Mm. <laughs> like, not just because I've seen the movie a few times and know that he is going to, but uh, I think perhaps that should have been a little bit more secret. Or maybe it's good that we know, but I don't know. What do, what do you feel about it? I don't... I don't get the feeling that they are trying to hide it in any way. So I don't feel... Fair. I don't feel that they fail at it. I mean, sure, you can discuss at the point where they really (laughs) um, tell us that he's the traitor. You can can discuss of whether or not maybe they should put that later in the movie or maybe early in the movie. You know, how how the position of that scene changes maybe the... uh, the dramatic aspect or the the, the dramatic mm. flow of the film or you know the the narrative structure of the film you can discuss that but i don't think it is bad as it is you know yeah. i did i did sort of when that scene popped up i was like oh this this revelation here happens surprisingly early because a lot of films sort of keeps to those twists until yes. the end um but i don't know i felt like it fit thematically because what he what that character is sort of bringing up is the question of choice yes because morpheus is so very convinced he's you know morpheus has very almost dogmatic views on things you know he do really believe that neo is the one and Mm -hmm. the rest maybe are not quite as convinced and <laughs> they he, need re- convincing, yeah. At least, he yeah. really believes that we need to bring down the machine and we need to break or, or we need to awaken all the people from the matrix while cypher feels that i don't want to be awakened from the matrix like you did awaken me and i hate it out here i want to go back <laughs> and i fe- i feel that that's that question that struggle that Cypher has I think that is very important thematically for the film so I think at least in terms of its its philosophical question that the movie is bringing up I think that scene happened at the right time dramatically maybe not but but philosoph- philosophically yes and I think that's was the most important thing for them so yeah it works absolutely no good good point made and i as you say like it might be a matter of like expecting things to go in a certain way like maybe they they're like more more often in films like they try to keep it a bit more hidden like they try to keep that person be a little bit more bland than cypher is mm. uh so so you wouldn't start to suspect that 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 something <laughs> like he will he will be up to something like when he makes maybe the first remark and you're like hmm that was kind of weird uh, mm. And then it goes from there. But but yeah, like you say, it absolutely works in the film. Uh, what I will say, though, as you were talking um, about it, I was thinking that if it's going to be like that, we absolutely feel like, hmm, I wonder if maybe staying in the Matrix is a better choice. And maybe, you know, if, if, if you want to really toy with that sort of thinking and and that as being a good option to, to do in that situation then maybe he should have been painted a little bit more sympathetically so maybe, that we yeah. feel more empathy with him and we feel like yeah i understand you and you know i you probably 
I see your struggle and <laughs> oh now it's hard like should they just give up maybe you know like but you, you never feel that way because like at that point like he what he's doing and how like he's saying things like oh I want to be rich and you know like, all these things that just make you feel like no we're gonna we're gonna fight for real life here we're not even gonna toy with the idea of you know choice mm. <laughs> mm. We're, we're following Morpheus here uh, perhaps mm. yeah but this brings me to another thing that I want to ask you about because this is a thing in the movie that I think works thematically but not necessarily dramatically or or, or character wise uh, there is quote unquote a romance in the film I figured you were gonna yeah <laughs> what do you think of that between Neo and Trinity uh, I am torn because if I remember that the most correctly they do explore that more later on mm-hmm. but it feels like it's it's you know f- like the oracle said like um when she said oh watch the vase when neo enters the room to speak with her and mm. he makes a move and a, the the vase or vase falls down and it breaks and he was like oh how did you know and he was like and she was like well what's really gonna bug you is did me saying watch the vase make you you know that sort Mm -hmm. of thing Mm -hmm. and i kind of wonder if it's the same thing with trinity falling in love with him you know like yes is is she you know do you understand what i mean like it's absolutely yeah so i i don't know what i feel about it honestly like i i really like trinity and i like her like um again the name escapes me but like her performance i really enjoy it but at some point it feels like she's just the love interest almost <laughs> i don't know and that's yeah, yeah kind of i don't know i don't know um, i do uh, yeah it, just taking it at face value i i think the romance is trash i don't like it yeah, it's cringy there's really it. yeah there's <laughs> really no yeah. real chemistry there there but really isn't thematically i'm just like Yes, I think I like it. Yeah. <laughs> because as right. as you're yeah, as you're delving into, it's about the Oracle. And really this deals with both Morpheus Neo and Trinity. Yes. You know, what the Oracles tell all three of them. Because is it really prophecies or is it just sort of the Oracle controlling things by creating self-fulfilling prophecies? You know, yes. she tells Morpheus that he's gonna find the one and he believes that, or, or he believes so much that he has done that that it actually happens, and the oracle tells Neo that he's not the one. But he he sort of because he believes that he's not the one, he does become the one, sort yeah. of you know. <laughs> and it's the same with Trinity. She gets told that she's going to fall in love with the one, and when Morpheus comes and tells her this is the one, she's yeah. sort of like. Okay then, <laughs> and then she starts to watch him more closely, and by doing so, you know, like it's that, yeah, yeah, it's 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 so. I mean, there is the whole concept of the one. There is no the one. They create the one because they believe right. there is supposed to be a one. Um, and it's you know, the deeper you go into that, the more sort of mindfucked you can. It's, it's like is is the oracle the most important person here because yeah, basically yeah. I, I feel yeah. like she is uh, and like is it all just calculations like 
because we do this is a time where everything is done by machines mm. so who is but that is also later movies they delve into but yeah it, no it works but i don't believe in their romance <laughs> no no but it does it motivates really the actions of all three of them throughout the yes. film. It definitely motivates why Trinity does what she does. Yes. And in the end, it's also kind of a motivation of how Neo accepts the role as the one. So it's, like I said, it thematically, it checks out. <laughs> but, but in terms of character chemistry, maybe not so much. <laughs> so something that goes in the line with like, let's say, theming and making Matrix um, something that is instantly recognizable is, of course, a leather jacket, or I should say a pleather jacket, (laughs) (laughs) and shades. How do you feel about the fashion in The Matrix? Because there is a bit. You have have some sort of uh, nightclub scenes in the beginning, and then the outfits that Trinity and the team is wearing is very, it's very specific, <laughs> let's say. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, without looking at it, in a, sort of within the context of the movie and just looking at it as fashion, it's not things that I would wear. <laughs> um, it's not my style, really. I don't maybe find it that pretty to look at. But it does go back to what I mentioned in the beginning, that this is a movie that managed to be both style and substance. Mm. And the, 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 the fact that they managed to be so recognizable in what they are, you know, the whole reflective sunglasses that Morpheus yes. has and the long black uh, capes or coats that Trinity and Neo wears, by now that is so recognizable as being Matrix. And you you mix it with a little bit of green and it's just like everyone yes. is going to think Matrix about that. And I think that's exactly what it was supposed to do and what it needed to do because the films where people can go, I want to cosplay that and people mm. are going to remember that style for years to come, that's when it's successful. And they managed that. Agreed. No, it's it's instantly recognizable, and it's it's well done. I mean, like you say, I wouldn't I wouldn't wear it, but I do admire it because it does exactly what it's intended to do. It makes them look badass. It makes them look like <laughs> weird agents that have come to 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 do stuff in this matrix, and they stand out completely in this world, and they kind of look artificial as well, mm. and. And just capable, basically, but still with a flair, let's say. Um, no, I think it's 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 excellent costuming and and theming, and um, iconic, yeah, and really. <laughs> there's also in the documentary they had an interview with uh, the costume designer, and the scene in the beginning when neo or thomas anderson as he is at that point is sitting Mm. or is in his office and he's talking to his boss and he doesn't realize that he's in the matrix yet he's wearing like a suit (laughs) and she said the costume designer said that oh they pretty much just went to flea market and find found a suit that didn't quite fit keanu reeves like it isn't perfect fit 
because it's supposed to make him look uncomfortable in the situation, which he is at that point. So. Yes. And that's just, that's mm, details like that, right? Like it just, mm. it just sells the scene. And it's, it's also like with just like how everyday people look like. A lot of people just look like average people, but some scenes where they have a... Uh, their own sort of simulation of the matrix in the in the ship ship in the real world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just to sort of train Neo and have him be comfortable with the space, I guess. You know the way people look there—they're so gray and uniform, and it just sends instant instant messages to the viewer. Like this is how you're supposed to feel about this. Like this is the mm. feeling you're gonna get from from this film. And like for example the. The agent, can't uh, Smith, yeah, Agent Smith. Also, like the way they are dressed, and it's so they look just so menacing and well put together, <laughs> like clean cut everything, uh, and it's terrifying. And I love it. I think it's great. But again, I wouldn't wear anything from this movie in real life, <laughs> which isn't a roast in any kind. So, yeah. Um, good job, Matrix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Linnea. Now we've spent almost an hour here talking about the Matrix uh, in from 1999. But, you know, if someone wants to have a Matrix-themed movie and they want to watch something else along with Matrix, is there any sort of double feature that you would recommend? There is, actually. Um, not necessarily when it comes to the philosophical aspect of The Matrix. Um, I confess that I have not watched that many other movies that, that tackles that. Uh, but Matrix is essentially a cyberpunk film. Or that, that is a phrase that I would use to, to describe it. Yeah. Um, and Keanu Reeves, of course, he appears in the Cyberpunk 2077 game, uh, which I have not played. Um, Same. Some people maybe question how much cyberpunk it actually is, but I do feel that it will probably scratch at least partly the same itch as The Matrix did. Um, And then also I would recommend, if you want that kind of digital landscape, so to speak, uh, I would recommend Tron and Tron Legacy. Um, And I am someone who will go to my death defending Tron Legacy. I think it's a really fun film. not all it, people like it, but I like it. I mean, it. <laughs> it's, it's been it's been too long, so I can I can't speak on it. But they do wear pleather in that one too, so that at least is yep the same. I think uh, I think Tron Legacy is I think it's it's a really pretty looking film and it has awesome soundtrack that is and it true. is yeah it is in my opinion a, a fun adventure film. It isn't deep necessarily, and it isn't. Maybe it, it isn't maybe exactly what it needed to be, but I, I liked it. I think it's fun. You know what? I, I feel like this. Not all movies need to be deep. Oh, no. But not all movies need to be shallow either. But just like sometimes you just want to watch pretty people on motorcycles. Yeah. Which is basically Tron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so those are um, my recommendations for, for a double feature with Matrix. And also, awesome. you know. The other Matrix stuff as well. Animatrix, I remember liking a lot. So go, go cool, watch I that. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, but honestly, there are so many movies that I feel like are influenced by the Matrix. So I don't think it would be it would be too hard to just look like what came out in in the OOS. 
can't pick something because I feel like it was so um, so important for for the direction in a lot of movies. Uh, yeah, so you know it is being remade right now. Uh, do you look forward to it? I don't know if I asked you this before when we talked about the fourth installment, but do you look forward to it? Sure, sure. sure. I mean, yeah. we haven't quite had a, a dystopic slash cyberpunk film quite like Matrix in a while. So sure, yeah. yeah. It's it's not one of them those films that I'm going, oh, I'm going to be there day one and see it, but I would probably see it at some point, you know. It's 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 definitely on my radar, so to speak. Yeah, same here. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll see. I I think a good trailer could get me pumped, but right now I'm just like, well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I'll watch it when it comes out. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, listener, have you seen The Matrix? Um, I imagine a lot of you have, because it's it's a really famous film. Um, but regardless of which, we want to know what you think. Uh, so go to our Facebook page, at Starcrash Podcast, or to our Instagram, which is also at Starcrash Podcast, uh, where you can share your thoughts and also give us recommendations for future episodes. Um, and, uh, yeah, join us next time as we talk about another movie. Bye-bye. Bye.